It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. BYU, your daily BYU Cougars podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome on into Locked On BYU. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on the podcast, covering the BYU Cougars every day for you as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you so much to each and every one of you who have downloaded the podcast. And if you're new to the podcast, hello, welcome. Uh, My name is Jake. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm a radio producer by trade. I'm also a a reporter for the radio station I work for that covers BYU mainly, as well as other sports. But this podcast is all focused on the BYU Cougars each and every day, and it's an absolute privilege and an honor to bring it to you. So thank you to each and every one of you, like I've mentioned multiple times, who have downloaded the podcast, who have shared it, who have sent in notes saying, great job. it, It humbles me that... People care enough to listen to me ramble on about the BYU Cougars, but I am honored to be bringing this to you as your BYU insider. So if you're new to the podcast, check us out. Give us a good rating and review. If you like what you hear, please continue to download, and we'll be bringing you great content as we roll on. All right, let's break down the show for you today. Going to be focusing on the Cal matchup, particularly the Cal Golden Bears, well, Cal Berkeley, I guess is what I should call them, Cal Berkeley Golden Bears offense this week. I had a chance to speak with BYU defensive tackle Lorenzo Fawatea. We'll play that interview in the second segment, get some of his thoughts on his breakout performance against Arizona what he thought of the Wildcats game, the win the BYU got, that confidence it gave them, and also get some thoughts on Cal as well this week. So we'll get to that in the second segment. This first segment, we're going to talk about the offense. And in the final segment of the show, we will be hitting up quick hits, which is kind of the news we hit that we haven't hit earlier on in the show. So there you go. Kind of the layout for you. Let's dive on in now, though. Talk about the Cal offense. Cal comes off of a 24-17 win at North Carolina last Saturday, beating the Tar Heels. And I thought it was a less than inspiring performance, and that's probably just me observing from afar. But in this game, Cal was very confusing to me personally. And let me explain what I mean. They win this game 24-17. They raced out to a decent-sized lead. It was 17-0 at halftime. They put up one touchdown in the third quarter, um, and then... Carolina comes storming back, scoring three points in the third quarter and 14 in the fourth quarter. And what I believe was a wrongly uh, reviewed onside kick call gave the ball back to Cal right at the end of the game when North Carolina appeared they would have a chance to have the ball with a chance to tie. I thought that the onside kick was executed brilliantly, but it was overturned, and so be it. So Cal escapes with a 24-17 win. And if you look at the box score, this is where my confusion comes. Ross Bowers was expected to be the returning starter for Cal, and he started the game against North Carolina, played most of the first half, uh, helped them get out to that 17-0 lead. 
Uh, but he finished the game 8 of 17 for 56 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He had three carries for minus seven yards. So not a great performance for a starting quarterback who is back in control of an offense that he ran for most of the year in 2017. He has continuity with the offensive coordinator and former Eastern, Eastern Washington head coach, Bo Baldwin, who took over as the offensive coordinator when Justin Wilcox took over as head coach there in Berkeley. So I'm wondering what Cal is thinking. They played two other quarterbacks in this game. They played a former four-star prospect in Chase Garbers uh, for, for a majority of that second half. He went 7 of 13 for 54 yards and a touchdown. And also Brandon McElwain, who's a former trans, he's a former South Carolina Gamecock who transferred to Cal. He also played in this game. He was one of two for nine yards. Both guys I just mentioned, Garbers and McElwain. Garbers wears number seven. McElwain wears number five. Both of them are true dual threat quarterbacks. They can run the ball. It's kind of what they're known for. Garbers carry the ball 10 times for 39 yards in that game against North Carolina. McElwain three times for 26 yards. They were actually the number two and three uh, rushers on the day for the Bears in that win. So I'm I'm very curious to see what happens this Saturday night. An 8:15 kick at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, the season, the home opener, not the season opener, the home opener for BYU. I'm wondering if we're going to see all three of these quarterbacks once again. What I saw from that game against North Carolina is I think that the Cal coaching staff wants to have more of a dual threat quarterback. They understand what Bowers brings to the table. He had great moments a year ago. Um, If you're a Weber State fan or if you watch football here locally, you remember how Weber State almost beat Cal a year ago in in their game. Bowers was brilliant in that game. He was very, very good. But he had his moments where he wasn't very good. So I'm wondering if this coaching staff is looking for another option, and that's why Garbers and McElwain played in this game against North Carolina, which makes me think you'll see at least two quarterbacks on Saturday night. The player that Cal can hang their hat on is Patrick Laird. He's a fantastic running back. He came out of nowhere last year as a walk-on running back to have a 1,000-yard season. Trey Watson, um, if you're a BYU fan that tracks recruiting very closely, you should remember that name. Watson was expected to have a big year for Cal a year ago, got injured early on in the year, decided he was going to transfer as a grad transfer and expressed a lot of interest in BYU until bigger programs came calling. He ultimately ended up at Texas, but they have Laird playing for the Golden Bears and he is a fantastic running back. He carried the load for Cal in their win on Saturday, 29 carries for 95 yards. That 3.3 yard per carry average is not what you want to see for a running back, but it does the job. He had one touchdown on the ground. He also added a touchdown receiving, which came from Chase Garbers in that game. He had four catches for 14 yards. He's a great weapon for the, for the Cal Bears. So like I said, if they're trying to settle on a quarterback, the good news is good news is is they have a, a a solid running back to hang their hat on. And that also goes with the fact that they have an offensive line that they can really rely on. They don't have a lot of star guys on that offensive line, but they have seven guys who are back who started at least one game a year ago. Uh, Patrick McCarry, their tack, one of their tackles, was an honorable mention Pac-12 All-Conference player. They were mainly freshmen and sophomores a year, year ago. So 
simply by for continuity's sake, you expect that Cal would be better than Arizona was, where they started five new offensive linemen together for the first time. So I don't think that BYU's defensive line is going to find it quite as easy as it was against Arizona, but you never know. Uh, Bill Connolly, who does fantastic work for SB Nation, in his uh, preseason preview for Cal on SBNation.com, he mentioned that their their offensive line in terms of ratings a year ago was middle of the pack, uh, anywhere in the 60s and 70s, depending on which stat you look at. But he says that you sh- simply um, by continuity with guys, freshmen and sophomores becoming sophomores and juniors as they become upperclassmen, you should see some better play. So I expect BYU's defensive line is going to have some extra work they're going to have to do. We'll talk with Lorenzo Fawatea in the next segment, get his thoughts on that. Um, I had a chance to speak with him yesterday, so we'll get to that. But then one other note I wanted to mention about Cal here is their wide receiving core. Demetrius Demetrius, uh, Robertson was their best receiver a year ago. He is gone. He transferred and is playing at Georgia now. So the best receive they actually have some pretty good receivers. I've thought Cal under Sonny Dykes recruited receivers at a very high clip, and it shows. Vic Wharton is their number one wide receiver, most likely. Vic Wharton the third. He wears number seventeen. Um, he only had, f- I believe, four catches against um, against North Carolina. Here, let's check three catches, eighteen yards. Not a big day against the Tar Heels. But he is a legit option in the passing game. And they also have a slot receiver, Kanawai Noah. I think he's a, he's a great jitterbug type of slot receiver. He also had three catches in their win over North Carolina. So those are two guys in the passing game to keep an eye on. And then one other player I would mention is Jordan Duncan. Kind of looking to make, make a name for himself. But the headliners at wide receiver are Vic Wharton and Kanawai Noah. So all in all, I'm expecting a stiffer test for BYU along their defensive line and the defense in general. Cal, simply put, brings back 10 starters, and that should make them better than Arizona was in terms of continuity's sake. They have their head coach back. They have their offensive coordinator back for a second year. So just the simple improvement of picking up scheme, etc., should make this a stiffer test for BYU's defense. But I don't think that they're stellar to the point where I'm thinking that BYU's defense is in for a, in for a, in for a long day. Hopefully that makes sense. I think that BYU's defense can have success, but this is just another step up in competition. And let's be honest, facing Wisconsin... A week from Saturday, it might be the best competition in terms of an offense outside of Washington this season for BYU. So Cal is a good stepping stone as they get ready for that game at Wisconsin. I think the BYU's defense should hold up fine. If they play like they did against Arizona, have a coherent scheme that they're able to execute, I don't see why BYU can't hold Cal in the 20-point range once again, if not lower. We will see. Saturday night will prove all, 8.15, Mountain Time, ESPN2, another nationally televised audience, should be a blast. All right, we'll take a time out here, we'll come back, talking with Lorenzo Fawatea next, get his thoughts on the Arizona win, his own performance, I thought he played very well against Arizona, we'll talk about that, we'll also talk to him about Cal, that's all coming up, but real quick before we take that break, it's crunch time for fantasy football and the Locked On Podcast Network is delivering for you. Locked On has a brand new fantasy football show called Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7. 
Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 gives you the latest trends, hot roster moves, and where to get the advantage. Plus, Ethan Turner, the injury expert, gives you the edge. Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 is here to help you win your league, so check them out. Like I said, Lorenzo Fawatea next, and quick hits at the end of the show. This is Locked On BYU. NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Working in the sports media field, I've got a lot of people asking me questions for advice. A lot of the times it's questions about sports betting and which teams to bet on. The truth is, I don't really know who's going to win games, but if you think you know, you should check out my guys at MyBookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I tell people to check out MyBookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. The guys at MyBookie have been in business for years, they've got great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. You lay down cash and you can win big today. They have live in-game betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And if you're a fantasy football fan, you can even bet over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Just makes betting during Sunday afternoon football with the NFL, etc. that much more fun. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Use promo code ONCOLLEGE to activate this offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code ONCOLLEGE when creating your account to claim this bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. That's MyBookie. Locked on BYU, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked on BYU. I'm your host, Jay Catch. Thank you so much for taking the time to download the podcast today. Talking about the Cal Bears, BYU 1-0 facing Cal Berkeley, who's also 1-0 on the season Saturday night. The defensive line for BYU played a critical role in slowing down Khalil Tate last Saturday, helping BYU pick up their season opening win. I had a chance to catch up with one of the young studs on that defensive line in Lorenzo Fawatea. I thought he had a breakout performance that a lot of people were expecting a year ago uh, from him. He had that against Arizona. So I had a chance to catch up with him, talk about what he expects from Cal coming up this week, get some of his reflections on what Arizona did and what they were able to do on the defensive line to help win that game, and even talk to him a little bit about the confidence that they took away from winning the first game of the year after going 4-9 a year ago. So here you go. This is Lorenzo Fawatea with me, Jay Catch, yesterday after BYU practice. Here with Lorenzo Fawatea. Did I pronounce that correctly first yeah, off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was good. All right, Lorenzo uh, first game of the season you guys beat Arizona you played a pretty prominent role in that game was that kind of the role you expected to play uh yeah going into it yeah uh, preparing for that week earlier was um we were just mixing around with the depth chart mm-hmm. but uh, either way either way whatever for the ones twos and threes we all get like a fair equal amount of playing time mm-hmm. so it was either way you know no matter what number I was I was just just ready to rock so. yeah you guys had a pretty steady rotation about yeah. six guys is that what you guys plan on doing all year? Or? Yeah. Okay. Something. It's just something like it keeps us all healthy. Yeah. 
So not one group is too tired and something happens, they get injured. So it's just everybody's fresh, 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 fresh. That's what we need in the college football game, it's just everybody being fresh. Okay, how unique was the scheme to stop Khalil Tate versus what you guys are going to do this week against Cal? Um, it's about the same, but honestly, it's just about just our assignments and our technique. Mm-hmm. They, every person has in their, their own like uh, specific role in the defense. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, a little, it's, it's about the same, but it's a little different. Um, they're a run-heavy team, so we're just preparing prepare for you know just anything anything that comes. So they did good against North Carolina, but our scheme is just to just to play football, play our technique, and that's it. How'd you think Corbin did as a spy? Oh man, Corbin did good. Khalil, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think Khalil knew what like what was coming or what we were planning for him. Mm-hmm. So what Corbin did basically kept him under his own wing, so he didn't really do much against us just because of having a spy. So it was good. How do you think the defensive line? You guys seem to control their offensive line pretty well. Do you, is that kind of your assessment as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think our D line this year is. Uh, I think we're we're getting better, becoming more sound, and just playing better with our technique, no matter what. So uh, you know, I think this year's D line, which is ready to rock, man. So, is it a mentality thing? Is it a scheme thing? What what goes into that? It's, it's both. Okay. It's both. It's just like our D line. Um, we only got a couple of guys with experience mm-hmm. from last season, so just having like a mentality to play, like just to believe. Mm-hmm. Like Coach Tiaki always tells us uh, to believe in our roles. So the way that we, if we believe, then our body functions the same way and functions with it better. So I think it's just a mentality game for us. So you guys seem to generate more pressure as a D line in, in that first game than you guys did last year. What went into that? Um, honestly, I think it's just going back to the point of believing again. Yeah. Just. Just being ourselves and like playing football and just believing in what we can do. So I think that's that's that was it, you know. Yeah. Just as a D line, we were like we were mentally ready. What do you know about Cal? What do you expect? Um, I know they got a big, they got a big front. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just expect a, a good hard fought game. You know, just the best win. So, <laughs> so I believe. So I think we're, we're just ready to expect something something big. You know, we're just ready for it. Winning that first game, did that do a lot for you guys in terms of just your belief in yourselves that you guys can go out and win? Hell yeah, that, that did good. That did a lot. Just us winning, it just honestly, it just boosted us and gave us momentum coming into Monday's practice and Tuesday today. I think it just gave us momentum. Just believing, you know, like we beat a Pac-12 team and we were the underdogs and just made us believe more, you know, giving us momentum to go 2-0. So, you know, it was a big win. Of course, you always expect teams to scheme for you guys going forward and whatnot. You guys have got to, this first month, four Pac-12 teams, well, one Big Ten and three Pac-12 teams. You guys feel like you're prepared to take on that challenge? Yeah, yeah, I think we're ready, man. I think anything, you just throw anything at us, we'll take it. We're we're ready, man. We're all behind Kalani. Uh Kalani set up the schedule for a reason, so we're all ready. We're ready, you know. Throw anything at us, we're ready. We'll take it on. Last thing, Clemson's got like Kyrus Tonga. He's kind of a quiet dude off the field. Yeah. What's he like? <laughs> off the field, he's like a he's like a big teddy bear around people. Okay. So like you know, we have our moments as boys, but yeah. Kyrus is like a big teddy bear. He'll he'll joke around. He he likes to joke around a lot. So we always laugh. We always joke. But yeah, he's a he's a big teddy bear. Awesome. That's all you gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much, Lorenzo. Thank you, thank you, man. Thanks for having me. There you go. Lorenzo Fawatea. Appreciate him taking the time. It was a pleasure to speak with that young man. I think his best days are definitely ahead of him. I thought he played very, very well against Arizona. 
only notched one sack, oh, not one sack, one tackle in the win against the Wildcats. But multiple times, if you were watching, number 55 was out there breaking through the Arizona defensive line, flushing Khalil Tate from the pocket just causing general havoc in the backfield. And that's what you want from a defensive tackle. You want a guy who is going to, if you can get a push up the middle as a defensive lineman, you're you're golden. Aaron Donald in the NFL just became the richest NFL defensive player uh, well, until Khalil Tate took it away from him. But there's a reason why. He is incredibly stout in the run game, but he's also able to rush the quarterback. He collapses pockets from the middle, which is a rare trait. Lorenzo Fawatea showed that ability against Arizona. Like I mentioned in the first segment, the continuity along Cal's offensive line should make them better of a challenge than Arizona was. And Fawatea and his fellow defensive linemen will have to up their game, but I think they're ready for it. You could tell that the confidence that came from that win against Arizona has put just all kinds of wind into BYU's cells. And I think that they're set to take on Cal with some renewed focus and intensity, and they're excited to get out there and play. So appreciate Lorenzo Fawatea taking the time to sit down with me, talk for a couple of minutes. You can tell he's breathing pretty heavy. He'd been running before that. They're doing some extra conditioning, but appreciate him taking the time. Love bringing you guys interviews. If you have players you'd like to hear from, hit me up. Let me know. Happy to see if I can get get in touch with them, do interviews after practice. Let me know at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter, at LockedOnBYU is the show Twitter feed. You also can hit us up on Facebook by searching LockedOnBYU. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back, get some quick hits, some of the news we need to hit on today before we wrap things up. But I want to remind you guys, the Locked On Network is expanding with college shows. Coming this week is Locked On Wolverines, Locked On Buckeyes, and Locked On Seminoles. So three new college football podcasts. Already have Locked On Ducks, Locked On Nittany Lions, The Bears, The Crimson Tide, Wildcats, Razorbacks, Volunteers, and of course, what you're listening to right here, the BYU Cougars, because we are Locked On BYU. Find your favorite college show on the Apple on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, or Spotify. Thank you so much for supporting us in this new venture. Going to be rolling out more shows as things roll along, so stay tuned for that. We'll be back on the other side. Quick hits, final thoughts. This is Locked On BYU. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Guys, the NFL season kicks off tomorrow night. That means fantasy football season is here and FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is the best place to play. FanDuel is something for everyone and there are more ways to win than ever before. Don't believe them? How's this sound? This season, FanDuel is running a free $250,000 Survivor Contest. It is the biggest free Survivor Contest ever. Here's how it works. You'll pick one team to win each week and you can't reuse that team again for the rest of the season. This contest locks before week one, which starts tomorrow night, so don't miss out on your chance and sign up now. FanDuel is a place I have played for a few years now. Their daily fantasy league is something that I really enjoy playing. allows me to pick new teams, new players to compete with each and every day and have a chance to win free cash. It's a blast and it should be a lot of fun again this season. 
To get in on their free $250,000 Survivor Contest, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Plus, new users will get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. Come play with me and everyone else at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Locked On BYU, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to Locked On BYU. Wrapping things up on today's episode here. It's been fun talking about the Cal Bears offense, as well as getting to know Lorenzo Fawatea a little bit better. So hopefully you guys enjoyed those conversations. Like I said, I'm always open to feedback. Hit me up on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch, at Locked On BYU. You can email us at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com as well. All right, as we close things out today, some of the quick hits that you guys need to know about. Um, BYU football coming off that win against Arizona. Actually got three votes in the AP poll this week. Syracuse Media Group's Brent Axe, the uh, the Winston-Salem Journal's Connor O'Neill, and ESPN's own Reese Davis, host of College Game Day, all voted BYU in this poll this week, ranked them number 25 in the country. Kind of shows what happens when you get a nationally televised offense. Opening weekend, multiple eyeballs on this game, and BYU getting a little bit of respect. Still a long ways to go if BYU wants to be ranked in the top 25. But if you win, people take notice, and we'll see what... And they tend to reward you eventually as if you continue to win. But guess what? It's like Al Davis always said, just win, baby, just win. So there you go. BYU getting some respect football-wise. In the basketball realm of things, a big addition to the roster was announced today. BYU head coach Dave Rose announced that guard Jesse Wade has officially enrolled in school and joined the BYU men's basketball program. He is a transfer from Gonzaga. He will sit out this coming season, the 2018-2019 season, due to NCAA transfer rules and then have three three seasons of eligibility to play three seasons. He's a six foot one guard. Played um, for Davis High School in high uh, up there in Kaysville, Utah. So great player, Mr. Basketball by the Deseret News, the number one recruit in Utah coming out of high school. Served an LDS mission. This is a, an addition for BYU that should pay dividends. I mentioned last week that I feel like BYU's recruiting so close to home has its own question marks. But if you can get a guy who is the best player in the state and a coach like Mark Few likes, yeah, I think that's a a good addition. So welcome back to BYU to Jesse Wade, and we'll see you in 2019-2020, young man. Hopefully we get a chance maybe to catch up with him at some point during the season this coming year. On the BYU women's volleyball front, I mentioned that they upset number one ranked Stanford a week ago. Well, they were rewarded in the national polls. The BYU Cougars are ranked number three in the country. And senior outside hitter Roni Jones-Perry has been named by the as the Sports Imports slash AVCA Player of the Week. It's like Essentially, it's the National Player of the Week for her play in their win over Stanford as well as wins over West Virginia and Wichita State at the BYU Nike Invitational last weekend. So congratulations to Roni Jones-Perry. Also, congratulations to the BYU women's volleyball team. Cool to see them ranked in the top five. Heather Olmstead has done incredible work with that team. 
losing a player, losing a player earlier on in the season in, in Hampson really affected BYU. I thought it was going to affect them more than it has, but Roni Jones-Perry has played extremely well, and BYU volleyball, women's volleyball, looking like they're, they're good to go. All right, final note before we sign off for the day is did you guys did you guys know that Brigham Young University, well, of course everybody knows they're the most stone-cold sober school in the United States. Well, that distinction, that award is now eligible to drink itself. Let me explain. The university has been ranked the most sober university in the country for the 21st straight year. Legal drinking age in the United States and most states, I believe in the entire, in, in the entire country, is 21. So there you go. Of course, BYU uh, was not going to celebrate this without something unique coming out. BYU Dining Services announced that it's releasing a new flavor of chocolate milk. And I have to say, there are some of the chocolate milks there at BYU and other, other flavored milk that is absolutely delightful. This one I have a question about, though. It's called Stone Cold 21 Mint Brownie Chocolate Milk. Whew. BYU's mint brownies are famous. If you haven't had one, I'm questioning whether you have ever visited BYU or you've ever visited a, a LDS church building, but they're world famous. People really enjoy them. I'm just not sure that I want a mint brownie flavored chocolate milk. That's just me. Maybe we'll give it a shot at some point. But that's what BYU is doing to celebrate their 21st year as the most stone-cold sober school in the country. So fun note to wrap things up on. We'll be back tomorrow, of course, getting you ready for BYU and Cal. A look at the Cal Bears defense tomorrow, how they might line up against the BYU offense. Also hoping to talk to another player today at practice, get that interview for you as well. Hopefully, hoping to get Dylan Cauley, but you never know who might pop up. We'll let you know. Should be a ton of fun. But thank you so much for downloading the podcast. It's an absolute honor to be bringing it to everyone. Hopefully, you guys come back tomorrow. Rejoin me. Let me know if you have questions. Check us out at LockedOnBYU. Also, you can hit me up at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. Email us at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. And, of course, you can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or everywhere else you might get your podcast from. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on BYU for September 5th, 2018. Listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.